to the Yogi Fuel podcast, the podcast that's all about up-leveling your health, your practice, and your consciousness. We'll be taking the ancient wisdom of yoga and Ayurveda mixed with modern science, having conscious conversations with spiritual thought leaders and alternative health professionals, and sometimes just me sharing my own experiences and knowledge to support you on your spiritual journey. I'm your host, Melissa Singh, and this is the Yogi Fuel Podcast. All right, welcome back, guys. Um, this week, I wanted to talk a little bit about yoga and Ayurveda, specifically Ayurveda, and why we want to practice Ayurveda alongside our yoga practice. And I've gotten a lot of questions and a lot of requests to speak more about Ayurveda. I think a lot of us as yogis, like we've heard about Ayurveda, we know, you know, maybe it's the sister science of yoga, but we maybe don't know why, and maybe we don't know um, why, why it's important that we practice Ayurveda alongside our yoga practice. So today we're going to go over that. I'm going to briefly talk about the doshas, um, but I'm going to do a full like separate episode on the doshas. So keep your eye out for that. But in the meantime, if you want to know your dosha or your nature, you can click the link in the show notes and it'll take you to a dosha quiz. You can figure that out. Um, yeah, so we're going to go for a lot of stuff today. I hope you enjoy. So first and foremost, let's talk about what is Ayurveda. So like I said, it's the sister science of yoga. And uh, I guess we can break down the word first. So Ayur means life in Sanskrit and Veda means knowledge of or body of knowledge. So Ayurveda is the knowledge of life. And it's referred to as the sister science of yoga because yoga and Ayurveda both fall underneath, um, they fall under, sorry, the Sankhya philosophy, which is an Indian philosophical system that just basically explains consciousness. Like it explains how we're here. So they both fall under Sankhya philosophy. And so Ayurveda is really this like holistic system that teaches us how to live in a way that's in alignment with this really sort of spiritual mind-body approach. Now, the goal of yoga and Ayurveda is kind of the same. So yoga and Ayurveda are both leading us toward this place of like self-realization, right? So they're leading us toward the spiritual path. And yoga is like that experiential part, right? It's our sadhana. We wake up every day and we do yoga or we do meditation. And it's this really like experiential way of experiencing the self. And Ayurveda is like our lifestyle. It's the things that we do off our mat, off our meditation cushion that are going to lead us toward the direction of the capital S self of our true self, our Purusha, our true nature. So basically what I see Ayurveda's role is, is to support our body, our mind, and our soul, like to support our body and mind to be these, this like clear vessel, this clear conduit for a deeper spiritual practice. Now, I just want to say <laughs> Ayurveda is not only for people who are like after that deep spiritual knowledge. Um, Ayurveda is for anybody and following the principles of Ayurveda, even just the diet and lifestyle part, even if you're not looking for a deeper spiritual practice, is going to support you so much. It's going to support you. And that's what my whole program is about is in cultivating that calm, clear mind and tons of energy. When we implement the principles of Ayurveda into our lives, we will naturally feel more easeful. We're naturally going to have more energy because Ayurveda supports us in choosing foods that are whole and real and as natural as possible. And those are the foods that are going to make us have tons of energy. It also recommends different lifestyle reg regimens, regimes, whatever you want to call it, um, that are also supportive of a calm, clear mind and lots of energy. So 
yes, Ayurveda at its crux and yoga as well at its crux is you know, the intention is leading us toward the capital S self, but not all yogis and not all people who practice Ayurveda are aiming toward that goal. But if you are, um, Ayurveda is absolutely something that we do want to be practicing alongside yoga. So I want to touch a little bit on the doshas now. Um, I'm not going to get too much into it. Like I said, I'm going to do that in a full other podcast. I feel like I need to dedicate like a full on podcast to the doshas because there's so much to talk about and I don't want to beat on about it in this one, but living in alignment with your dosha or um, what some people refer to as prakriti, like your nature uh, is super, super important. And this is something I've noticed like on my Ayurvedic journey. I mean, for me, it started off with, okay, I'm going to choose plant based foods. And what I found for me was that I was choosing a lot of processed foods and I still didn't feel super great. Like I felt better, but not as good. Then I, you know, adopted this, what I'm now calling Ayurvedic plant-based diet, where I was choosing whole foods as opposed to, um, super processed foods. And again, I felt even better. And then once I really tapped into my dosha and I started taking, I don't want to say like taking my Ayurveda really seriously, but once I started to really connect and tune into my dosha and sort of create like a language around how I was feeling in each moment and then making shifts and changes in my diet according to my dosha, I started to feel even better. And so, like I said, I'll do a full episode on that later, but just to break it down, um, there are three doshas um, and we have all of the doshas present in us at all times, just in varying amounts. So the doshas are vata, pitta, and kapha. So very briefly, vata is like that quality of air and ether. And when vatas are balanced, they are creative and they are outgoing and um, they're really able to go with the flow from like a mental perspective and from uh, when they're not in balance, that might manifest as like fear, anxiety, you know, not feeling grounded and feeling, you know, all over the place. Physically, vatas tend to be on like the thinner side. Um, they might tend toward physical issues like, you know, gassiness or um, arthritis when they're out of balance. And then we have pittas. Pittas are the quality of fire and water. And so pittas mentally are courageous, they're fearless, they're determined. And when Pitta is out of balance, they can be really intense. They can be like obsessed with their goals um, in a way that's really negative and like not healthy. Um, and physically, Pittas, again, they kind of take on physical activity in the same way. They can become really obsessed and infatuated. And on the plus side, you know, they're really determined. Like I said, they can be really into their activity, but on a negative side, it becomes like this obsession. Now, kaphas, they are the more sort of like grounded types when they are in balance, they're grounded, they're calm, they're collected, but when they're out of balance or a little bit on the lazy side, physically and mentally, they might tend toward, you know, tiredness from a physical perspective, they might be a little bit bigger, um, so those are just the doshas really, really briefly. And like I said, we're going to do a full episode on each dosha. I'm really going to break it down for you. Um, but if you're interested in doing a deep dive with me, if you know your dosha and you want more of like a specific sort of recommendation about things that you can do to help support your dosha and pacify, send me an email and you can book a complimentary call. I do 15 minute complimentary consults with people who are just looking to understand their dosha a little bit more. And we can create a plan going forward for you if that's something you're into. So I want to talk more now, like I said, about yoga and Ayurveda and why it's so important that we practice Ayurveda alongside our yoga practice. And I think that in order for me to fully articulate what I'm trying to say, I need to talk about the five koshas. So according to Sankhya philosophy, we have five koshas, five layers, five sheaths, five bodies, whatever you want to call it. 
And so our first sheath, our first body is called Anamaya Kosha. That's our food stuff sheath. That's our physical body. Um, that's what we work with in our yoga asana practice. That's what, you know, when we eat food, our foods that we eat directly affect and fuel our Anamaya Kosha, our physical body. Then deeper and more subtle, we have our pranamaya kosha. That's our pranic sheath. That's our energetic sheath that has to do with fueled by our breath and that sort of energy. Then even deeper, we have our manomaya kosha. That's our mind stuff sheath. So that's fueled by all of the sensory impressions that we take in. Um, and again, that's even more subtle than the pranamaya kosha. Then deeper to that, we have vinyanamaya kosha. That's our knowledge or our wisdom sheath. And that is fueled by like the, it's like the digestion of our sensory impressions. It's how we sort of like assimilate things into this knowledge and understanding of everything. And then finally, the fifth and deepest kosha or layer is um, anandamaya kosha. That's our bliss sheath. And that's actually where like our soul, our causal body, our purusha like hangs out in that deep, deep layer. So the intention, like the goal of yoga and Ayurveda is to like access that bliss sheath, right? That deep sheath. And I don't think I mentioned this before, but our bliss sheath is like, it's fueled by like happiness and then it emits this happiness. So that's kind of where we want to connect to in our yoga practice. And Ayurveda, the role of Ayurveda um, as I understand it through the teachings that I've been taught is that we want to purify those denser sheaths. So our Anamaya Kosha, our physical body is the densest manifestation of our Anandamaya Kosha, of our subtle body. And so if we want to access our true self, which is um, encased in the Anandamaya Kosha, we need to create a clear body. We need to purify the Anamaya Kosha. We need to purify our Pranamaya Kosha. We need to purify all of the denser Koshas in order to get down to that Anandamaya Kosha, that bliss sheath. So really practically, Ayurveda, if, like I said, if our goal in yoga and Ayurveda is to access that, you know, true self in that Anandamaya Kosha, that deepest sheath, then we need to do some sort of purification practices. And oftentimes Ayurveda starts with food. That's how I was introduced to Ayurveda. I wanted to be like an Ayurvedic nutritionist. Um, I just found the whole like idea around food and yoga, like really interesting, but I really... I understand now that food is only one piece of it. So I want to be really clear. Food is often where we start. It's this really tangible thing we can do that we can shift right now. We can start noticing an increase in our energy and increase in our calm, clear mind once we start to make shifts in our food. But there's other things we have to do as well. So right now I'm going to talk about food um, and how it can support our yoga practice. But please know that food is not the be-all and end-all. And oftentimes how we eat is more important than what we eat. So like I said, food's a great place to start. It's this really tangible thing that we can use to cleanse our body. And I think when we think about cleansing, food might be like the first, one of the first things we think about. If you see any, you know, detox, oftentimes they start with food. And so food fuels our Anamaya Kosha. And so if we want to purify Anamaya Kosha, one of the things that we can use is food and eating Ayurvedically, aka a whole foods plant-based diet. First and foremost, whole foods, plant-based does not mean that you have to be 100% vegan. You don't have to be raw vegan. You don't have to be even 100% vegetarian, but just starting to choose whole clean foods is a really great way to purify the anamaya kosha, the physical body, because when our body feels good, right? we can commit to deeper spiritual practice. When our body feels good, we can go out into the world and we can, you know, fulfill our dharma. We can fulfill, you know, what we're here to fulfill. But if you feel like crap all the time, 
you can't. So food is a super important place to start. And I think like I have this whole thought on like food sadhana, right? How food is like this deep spiritual practice. Food can be a daily practice, right? If we bring consciousness, this is what Ayurveda talks about too, right? Like if we're conscious of what it is that we're eating, if we pay attention to how we feel when we eat certain things, and if the how, if how we're eating is calm and clear, that's going to improve. That's going to support our physical functioning. It's going to have us make better choices that are in alignment with how we want to feel as opposed to if we are just like, you know, mindlessly, you know, choosing foods out of habit or whatever. And so I just want to hit home. This does not mean, like I said, you have to be a hundred percent vegan, start where you're at, make conscious choices around food. And if your conscious choice around food is like, Hey, you know what? Actually I'm at a place. My friend was saying this the other day, you know what? For me, food is not a 100% priority. You know, like I'm going to choose foods that make me feel good, but am I going to, you know, obsess over it? No. And actually that's probably a more Ayurvedic way of looking at it, right? Ayurveda is not this like rigid, I don't know if the word is dogmatic, but this like strict, you know, um, rule-based um, lifestyle that you have to follow to a T or you're like a bad yogi. No, no, no. Ayurveda is about ease. So ease into your lifestyle change. Approach your diet with a sense of ease, not with this like, oh my God, I have to be this perfect yogi. No, don't do that. Give yourself some space, cut yourself some slack. And like I said, choose foods mindfully, but do so in a way that makes you feel good mentally, because that is equally as important for your body and your mind than the actual food that you choose. So just something that we want to keep in mind, like I said, is that creating a clear body, choosing whole good foods are going to purify our Anamaya Kosha, which is going to make us a, like a clear conduit for deeper spiritual practice. If that is your goal. And if that's not your goal, choosing foods that are, if you uh, listen to the, the five pillars of a yogic diet, choosing foods that are in alignment with that straight up are just going to make your physical practice easier. <laughs> They're going to make you feel better. You're going to recover better. You're going to feel lighter in your practice. So yes, Ayurveda is for deep spiritual practice, but if you eat and live in an Ayurvedic way, it's going to support your physical practice. It's going to feel easier and lighter. And we don't need to conflate asana with yoga, but let's be honest. If you're a daily practitioner, you don't want to show up and have your practice feel stiff and hard. And you know, you want your practice to feel easy. Who doesn't want their practice to feel easy? So eating in a way that's Ayurvedic, eating in a way that is mindful and conscious of how you want to feel. And that sort of follows that, um, the five pillars of a yogic diet that is definitely going to support your physical practice. Now I want to talk a little bit about the mental aspect. And I think I kind of went on a tangent slash rant and talked about that um, in the last section. But like I said, Ayurveda is a lot more than just food. And this is something like, like I said, on my Ayurvedic journey, it totally started with food. I started paying attention to foods that were going to support my dosha, um, foods that were whole, real, you know, mostly plant-based, well, entirely plant-based because I'm vegan. But like I said, for you, if you are someone who eats meat, like start where you're at, choose whole real foods, you know, first and ease into things. But something else that's made a huge difference um, in my mind is adopting routine and ritual. And this is a huge part of Ayurveda. Routine and ritual are so, so important. And so um, creating a morning routine and an evening routine have been super, super um, helpful for me. And something else that's been really helpful from a physical perspective for my asana is um, abhyanga, self-massage. Oh my God, I can't even tell you. I first thought, so abhyanga is um, daily self-massage where you take any any oil. You can take um, like a medicated oil. I say medicated, <laughs> not like a medicated oil, like, a, you know, like lavender essential oil in your coconut oil or whatever. I just straight up use coconut oil and you slowly massage your body from your feet 
feet all the way up to your head. And I thought maybe I'd feel really greasy and slimy, but it's actually made my practice a lot better. It's supported. I feel like my joints feel more mobile and I don't know, everything just feels more easeful when I do it. And it also supports this really wonderful grounding quality. Um, and I've just done little things to, you know, I've implemented a couple things in the morning, a couple things in the evening. You might've heard me talk about this in a previous episode. But a huge part of Ayurveda is ritual and rhythm because we are rhythmic beings. We were designed to live in harmony with nature. We were designed to live in harmony with the day. We were designed to eat seasonally and our bodies. So I'm like a new-ish mom. And one of the things that people tell you all the time when you have a baby is, okay, you got to get them on a routine. Babies love routine. So do we, right? Human beings love and thrive on routine. So if you want to feel your best, if you want to cultivate a calm, clear mind, you got to create some sort of routine in your life, some sort of ritual. And if you're a daily yoga practitioner and you make it a point every day, you're going to go to your practice. That's amazing. That's an amazing first place to start. Um, with your routine, but, um, outside of yoga, there are totally things you can do. So a nice, you know, morning routine where for me, I'll wake up, I'll have hot water, I'll, you know, cleanse my sense organs and then I'll start my day. And then in the evening, I like to have like a little bit of a tea, read a book, and I like to do like a five-ish minute meditation before I go to bed. Now I want to say something around this. When we talk about living Ayurvedically, Sometimes, so I'm a pitta, so pittas can be like, I have to do my daily routine every day. We can be really intense about it. Don't be intense about anything. <laughs> hold, my, my teacher David Robson says this about yoga. We want to hold our practice lightly. So hold your daily routine lightly. Use it as a way, as a tool to support you in feeling grounded and feeling calm so you can, you know, go through life feeling easeful. Don't be obsessed about it. Don't fret if like one night you don't, you know, drink your tea and read your book and meditate. I'm a mother. I have a baby. And you know what? Sometimes she does not go to sleep when I'd like her to. And that quote unquote disrupts my daily routine but it's fine. I've learned over time to hold it lightly. And Ayurveda, what makes you live an Ayurvedic lifestyle is so much more than what you do, is so much more than just, you know, like doing the daily routine, doing the yoga. It's how you do it, right? If you show up every day to your yoga practice with this frantic, rajasic, pitta, oh my God, I have to get my practice done mindset, that's not serving anyone. That's not Ayurvedic, right? That's you feeling guilty and feeling like you have to show up for your practice, feeling like you have to do these things so you can be quote unquote Ayurvedic. Don't wear Ayurveda or yoga like a label. That is a huge, huge mistake. I don't want to say mistake. That's not a nice word, but you know what I mean? That's not, that's like getting away from the intention. The intention is to support you in your life and feeling grounded. And there's nothing more ungrounding than like feeling anxious and frantic about not getting your practice done, not doing your daily routine, not eating the right food. I'm like getting, I'm like getting into it as I say it, right? There is nothing more unyogic, unayurvedic than that. So take a deep breath and just like hold all of these rituals, all of these things I'm saying lightly, use them as guidelines to support you, not as these rigid rules that you have to follow or you're like a bad yogi. So like I said, from the spiritual perspective, yoga and Ayurveda are this practice of self-realization. And we essentially use our body and mind as tools to support that practice, as tools to experience ourselves. Whoa. Um, so in that sense, we can use all of our experiences, the quote unquote good ones, the quote unquote bad ones, the ones where we're adhering to, you know, if we do show up to our practice, show up for our food, show up for these daily routines with this sort of like rajasic pitta nature, 
we can just notice, oh my God, whoa, I'm being pitta. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be like, I think people think of Ayurveda as this like, woohoo, really out there, really, you know, kind of um, inaccessible thing where we have to live in this totally different way in order to access Ayurveda. No, no, no. Ayurveda totally applies to your life as you're living it right now. You don't have to make these big changes. You don't have to start eating like kitchery all day, every day, <laughs> though you could, that's actually, you know, that's like a whole, that's a cleanse. That's a thing. We, we can talk about that later, but you don't need to make big changes. You just need to maybe shift how you view your perspective of life right now. And I think one of the best ways that we can start practically practicing, practically practicing, <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense, but anyways, one of the best ways that we can start practicing Ayurveda right now is to just live more easefully, hold these practices lightly, ease into food, eat in a way that's mindful, practice in a way that's mindful, do these daily routines, but don't be attached to it if you're not able to um, maintain them every single day. It's cool. I use this rule um, when I talk about food with my clients, I call it the 80-20 rule. So I say if 80% of the time that you're eating, you're eating whole, real, good plant-based foods, 20% of the time, eat whatever the hell you want, right? Because you've strengthened your body. You've created a situation in your body where your body is filled with good nutrients. Your body is filled with the things that it needs so that it can be strong enough to handle pizza, ice cream, whatever, beer, wine, right? And so I think that we can use the same thing with like our daily routine. If if most of the time you have a good solid daily routine, you're not looking at your phone before you're, you know, going to sleep and you're, I don't know, meditating for most nights. If a couple nights of the week you miss it, it's all good. You have created this like calm routine for most of the nights you can afford to miss it every now and then. <laughs> don't make like a super habit of it, obviously, right? But um so long as most of what we're doing is in alignment with Ayurveda, um, you can choose to eat pizza and eat it in this like calm, clear, intentional way. You don't have to make yourself feel bad about it. You can choose, you know, to stay up really late one night and like party with your friends and have, you know, a little bit too much wine. Doing it in a conscious manner, in my opinion, is what makes it Ayurvedic. So I just want to summarize everything now. Um, I hope I didn't go on too many tangents. I hope all of that made sense, but I just want to hit home that the reason that we practice Ayurveda alongside our practice is because it's this holistic practice that looks at the whole person, not just food, not just the mind. It looks at all of the things and really yoga and Ayurveda aim toward the same thing, self-realization. And when we employ the methods of Ayurveda, when we are mindful about the things that we eat and the things that we do, we can start to live more consciously. We can start to live in alignment with how we want to feel. And so for me, living Ayurvedically is really just living consciously. It's just being mindful and choosing what we're going to eat, what we're going to do, how we're going to spend our time, as opposed to just mindlessly and habitually doing these things. And this is going to help our yoga practice, both in the sense of it's going to help us deepen our spirituality when we pay attention to how we feel, how we react with our food and our practice and our, you know, dinacharya, our routines and our rhythms, but it's also going to help our physical practice. What, what? And that's what we want as well, right? We want to show up every day and feel easeful. Like who doesn't want to like hop into a handstand easily? I do, but you know, one day. <laughs> so I hope that that all made sense. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, I would love it if you would um, give it a like, give it a rating, write a comment that always helps iTunes and Spotify know that people are listening. And if you have any questions or if you have any requests for future episodes, you can DM me on all of the social medias. You can find me at Melissa Singh Yogi Fuel on um, Instagram, and you can just send an email to hello at melissasing.com. If you have any questions or inquiries, or you just want to say hello, 
I love when people say hello. All right. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and I'll see you in the next one. Bye.